Oh my goodness. Space Force. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Thanks for caring about people. What's the matter? Think you can handle that? Coming to you live from Arcane Sublevel 7. It's Talk is Cheap. Now here's your host, Dan Hofeld. The Rippin' and the Terror. All right, go, go. Welcome to Talk is Cheap, where cheap is talk and talk is cheap. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes, another live edition, Tuesday, April 30th, 2019. We're here live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And uh, yes, if you can't catch a show live, you can always catch it later on your favorite podcasting platform. Or of course, I do break up chunks on YouTube to make it easier with uh, the short tension spans we got nowadays. Things are go, 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 go. We got to compliment that. Big announcement. Next week, we got M and Miss M coming on the show. That is May 7th. Of course, it'll be live. It'll be a call-in show. If you don't want to call in, but you want a question, please go ahead and email me, k2d4network at gmail.com. I will take that question in consideration, add it to my list. Or if you're really brave, go ahead and call into the voicemail, 1-256-510-5234, 1-256-510-K2D4, and I'll play that message on the air. Uh, keep it simple and short, just right to the point like a minute or less we're talking. And uh, I think it'll be great to uh, have them on. Is there a question that you wanted, like maybe restated, I didn't get across right? Because they're they're gonna have some new material, but uh, it's gonna be, I think we wanna make sure we can hammer this home. This is supposed to be the month now that this wave was supposed to come in due to the galactic saying that it was supposed to happen when they told Miss M it was in like, November, I think she said, and then like within that six month period, that will leave May. So, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I mean, I don't want to put it my uh, emphasis on a date. We know how that goes. Can it get very disappointing? But uh, yeah, we'll break that down as we can. So, big show today. Three days of darkness. I had Athena. Uh, she's a viewer. Uh, send me an email, said, look into the three days of darkness. There's a couple video clips she sent. One was a QHHT session. Another was an older lady talking about the Bible-biblical aspect of this, if that's how you say that correctly. Very, very crazy stuff. And then this led me into the whole solar sun thing. When you think about the solar sun, I, was, I never even like looked into the solar sun, but oh man, I found this on this last Sunday, so this is pretty new material for me. I, I had to sit down because this is like, if this is exactly what people are saying it is, holy cow, folks, we are in for some crazy, crazy stuff. Well, let's go ahead. Oh, yes. And move over to, I can't, I got to break down this news before we get into all that. We got over here, this is on political. U.S. Navy drafting new guidelines for reporting UFOs. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard this. This happened last week, part of the disclosure initiative to get this acclimated to the public. This is all part of the slow disclosure pro program by the government. 
The U.S. Navy is drafting new guidelines for pilots and other personnel to report encounters with unidentified aircraft. A significant new step in creating a formal process to collecting and analyzing unexplained sightings and designating them. There have been a number of reports of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft entering various military-controlled ranges and designated airspace in recent years. Ah, uh, recent? I think this has been happening a lot. They don't want you to, to know that. Uh, right? Navy and the U.S. Air Force takes these reports very seriously and investigates each and every report. To be clear, the Navy isn't endorsing the idea that its sailors have encountered alien spacecraft. They got to make sure to get that across for the public. But it is acknowledging there have been enough strange aerial sightings by credible and highly trained military personnel that they need to be recorded in an official record and studied. Ding, ding, ding on that one. Rather than dismiss as someone, some kooky phenomenon from the realm of science fiction. Another step. See, there's a lot of people arguing on that Luis Elizondo video I did. They're like, you UFO guys, you're finally getting disclosure and you're not liking it. No, let me be clear. I am happy that this is happening, but we got to be careful with it. I would definitely take this over no disclosure. Believe me, I would. But as Luis Elizondo says, we do have to push him, and that's what the UFO community is about. We're going to try to push for that full disclosure. That is our job. We've been researching this stuff for so long that we want the whole thing. For the government to... The fact that the government is finally releasing this stuff tells me that they have an ulterior motive. They're only going to do it if it helps them. And this gets into the whole debate of, yes, the, uh, you got SpaceX and all the private industry that's going to be able to get to the moon and see all this stuff. And they'll have to say it now ahead of time before, you know, they have egg on their face. So they have to stay ahead of it. But we have to break this down and call, call it what it is. Okay, there's going to be a lot of people that'd be like, oh, so UFOs are real. And then they're just going to take and believe the whole government scenario about it. It, it is deep, I will say that. So now here we get back into the UAP things. The military now calls unexplained aerial phenomenon rather than unidentified flying objects. So they're trying to push the UAP again because that's a less of a harsh word, I guess. So people don't get into fear-based stuff. I don't know. Uh-huh. So Mellon, this is uh, Chris Mellon from To The Stars Academy, he said... In a lot of cases, military personnel don't know what to do with that information. They will dump the data because it's not traditional aircraft or missiles. There's such a stigma even in the military that if you see a UFO, it's like, I better not say anything because people are going to think I'm crazy. That, But now with this, it's a perfect example. We're going to start taking these reports, start documenting them now, and then they'll release these to the public and say, all right, there's something here. Luis Elizondo says, if you are in a busy airport and you see something, you're supposed to say something. With our own military members, it's kind of the opposite. If you, if you do see something, don't say something. Elizondo will be featuring an upcoming documentary series about the Pentagon UFO research he oversaw. He said the six-part series will reveal more recent sightings of UAPs by a dozen of military pilots. So again, the unexplained 
going to be on the History Channel that will be on May 31st. Uh, some people said they're not going to watch it. I'm going to try to watch it. I am a cord cutter, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to watch it. But I think it's important for research to see how they're going to break this stuff down, because this is the official disclosure narrative by the government. And we want to see exactly what they're going to say, how they're going to say it. Because I already showed you on previous programs, how Luis Elizondo doesn't like to push the alien thing. But in the Q&A, he basically said it was aliens and we got to let the public come to that decision. So it's all about personal thought that they have to bring the people up with. So as um, I'll play a short Tucker Carlson clip. This is a little long. It's like five minutes. So I'm going to try to cut it off. Maybe I'll comment in between so we don't go too far over for copyrights or whatever. But uh, this is part of the new drafting report. Chris Mellon is in this thing. And uh, let's listen in and see what they have to say. The Navy isn't certain what is going on. The Navy did just confirm that it is drafting new guidelines for personnel to report encounters with, quote, unidentified aircraft. The goal is to destigmatize the sightings of advanced, very high-speed aircraft that have been oh, seen yeah. quite frequently approaching Navy ships and facilities without explanation. The Navy issued a statement that said, in part, this, quote, there have been a number of reports of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft entering various military control ranges and designated airspace in recent years. For safety and security concerns, the Navy and the U.S. Air Force take these reports very seriously and investigate each and every report. As part of this effort, the Navy is updating and formalizing the process by which reports of any such suspected incursions can be made to the cognizant authorities, unquote. All of a change, by the way, they have to do this to get, you can get the, the government to say that this is legit. That's the biggest way. That's why people are like, you know, we don't need the government to disclose UFOs. We're doing the disclosure. Well, no, we've been doing the disclosure for how long? There's been so many, so many uh, UFO conferences, CE5s. All that stuff, people put information out. Whistleblowers, like I said, the 2001 Press Cub briefing with Stephen Greer, that's why I give him props. He woke me up, a big part of my awakening in the UFO thing. That Press Club briefing in 2001, all those firsthand witnesses swear on the Bible. Guy at NASA said he's seen bases on the backside of the moon. That is not credible, but as soon as you have government officials that will come out and say it's official. Then the public will uh, take it seriously. As a former Pentagon intelligence official, he is closely involved in the History Channel's upcoming six-part series, Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation. He joins us tonight. Chris, thanks very much for coming on. So we've gone in a pretty short period of time from the U.S. military not really acknowledging that there is such a thing to them acknowledging that these sightings are so frequent they need a formal process for reporting them. What's changed? Yes, uh, thank you, Tucker. It's an extraordinary turnaround, and it's really the result of an interaction between Congress and the Navy. And the fact that this has uh, gotten on, on Congress's uh, radar uh, began some discussions which elevated an issue that uh, before this time had been smothered and kept at low levels of the bureaucracy. So now you have more senior policymaking uh, officials uh, hearing, in some cases, firsthand from the, the aviators involved and other personnel. Um, they're learning the reality of the issue, and they're asking uh -huh. some, some uh, direct and uh, sometimes tough questions. 
And so this has uh, elevated this entire issue within the department and kudos to both for engaging well, and yeah. really listening to our men and women in uniform uh, who've been squelched in the past, who've uh, really been treated with uh, disdain sometimes for for reporting what the, what's happening. Well, I mean, and pilots, of course, are trained to discern between aircraft and weather balloons. So, like, if there's one group you should listen to, it's pilots. How often... By the way, as we go through this, pay attention to Chris Mellon, because when they're going to bring up the alien, what these could be alien, watch him swallow. Like, you can tell he knows a lot. And are these sightings reported? Do we know? Uh, we don't know. We believe that probably eight or nine times out of ten, they are not reported when there's an encounter. We know from numerous uh, debriefings and interviews uh, that individuals in squadrons, when they, when they bring a, forward stor a story forward, they're the only individual in their squadron usually who's willing to do so or have that discussion. We see the same thing among commercial airline pilots. Um, it's, it's not career enhancing, to say the least. Uh, we know these individuals are often ridiculed, and um, it, we're in the past, which is partly why this is such an important development. They're saying it's a legitimate issue now. You can talk about it. So, but what are they? It's legit. It's legit now. You can talk about it. Come again. It's legit. Government has given the blessing to talk about it. So, all right, here we go. Reading this morning, some of these sightings, again, by military pilots who know the difference, estimate that these are objects moving at 15,000 miles per hour, for example. I mean, that's so much faster than any object, human-made object, has ever, tra ever traveled that we're aware of. So what do they think that is? What's the going theory on this? <clears throat> yeah, this is um, tough terrain. There are three hypotheses that, that people have put forward, and none of them are, are very comfortable. Uh, one is that one of our adversaries has leapfrogged us technologically, China or Russia. Uh, Putin has been making some extraordinary claims about uh, Russian technology. Um, another theory is that these are some test aircraft of the U.S. I think we can discard that now with the Navy itself acknowledging right. these are not American. And the third uh, popular theory, of course, is that these may be from some uh, civilization elsewhere beyond our solar Ooh. system. Yeah. And uh, none of these, these theories are very comfortable to contemplate. But we have to look at facts and derive theories from facts, not start with theories and disrule or, or rule out facts. I mean, so we'll stop. Definitely. Well, there you go. It's aliens, but it, we were so scared to tell you it was aliens for the longest, longest time. I was listening to a coast-to-coast uh, -coast clip. Tom DeLong was on there. This was fairly recent. I got this clip last week. For those who don't know, Tom DeLong is the CEO and president of To The Stars Academy. It's running this whole disclosure narrative. Louis Elizondo's under him. Chris Mellon, who you just saw, is under him as well. They, they're they're going kind of going with the, the play that we don't know what it is. Well, here's your CEO, president, saying that it's aliens and he's been told directly. So I'm going to roll this clip. Tell us where the flying saucers are, Tom. What did you learn? Where are they? Where are these aliens from? Well, uh, uh, you guys ain't getting the audio on that for some reason. Let me uh, open it up here with QuickTime. Here we go. Tell us where the flying saucers are, Tom. What did you learn? Where are they? Where are these aliens from? Well, uh, number one, there's there's multiple different 
Tell us where the flying saucers are. Tom. Try it again. What did you learn? Where are they? Where are these aliens from? Well, uh, number one, there's there's multiple different races. It's not just one specific kind, uh, and the, the different races don't get along with each other, and uh, and we don't really get along with them either. There it is. There's a clip. Multiple different races. We don't get along with them, and they don't get along with each other either. I, I don't want to say he's completely wrong, because we do know that there is races, but this is what they're going to use to push the threat narrative. But we don't know what it is. Chris Mellon, Luis Elizondo, but your CEO and president says it's aliens. Now, who is he told by? Let's listen to this clip. Well, have you been told that, uh, that there are visitors from elsewhere, uh, either dimensional or other planets or both, um, yeah. that they are intervening in human affairs? Have you been told that sort of directly? Absolutely, yes. He's been told it directly. Now, we do know that he has had meetings at Area 51 and I believe Wright Patterson Air Force Base. All those secret places they brought him in, he was the anointed one for this disclosure. He's been told that directly. Okay, so I don't want to hear uh -huh. that we don't know what it is. It's the alien thing, all part of it, and I proved it right here. So now the next step, this was, this was a big week last week, so this gets even deeper. U.S. Navy, let me bring the breaking news clip up, or the lower thirds. The U.S. Navy secretly designed a super-fast futuristic aircraft resembling a UFO documents reveal. Timelines are interesting on this, too, and too. Uh, pay attention to that. The U.S. Navy has been granted a patent for an advanced aircraft which resembles a flying saucer UFO uh, military. Inventors filed a patent for a highly unusual flying machine which uses an internal mass reduction device to travel at extreme speeds. Aircraft uses complex technology to reduce its mass and thereby lessen objects' resistance to motion. Hmm. Think you can handle that? So it can move along at high velocities. Again, people say this stuff doesn't exist. The government filed a patent for a technology that reduces the mass so it can glide, basically, without resistance. And the patent has pictures, all that good stuff. Looks kind of like a TR-3B. It's got a triangle, but maybe this is just the uh, technology. Creates a vacuum around that craft, allowing it to propel itself at high speeds. The UFO-style ship can be used in water, air, or even space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although the U.S. Navy applied for the patent in 2016. Ding, ding, ding. Keep in mind that date, folks. And it was granted last year. It doesn't necessarily mean the craft has been built and tested. However, the technology is further evidence the military's interest in developing exotic technologies. And of course, the U.S. government researchers investigated wormholes, anti-gravity, invisibility, cloaking, warp drives, and high-energy laser weapons. B.S. They know what this is. This is, this is why I brought this date up. Here, 2016, folks. I think I might have accidentally said 2006 for those on the podcast. 2016. Why is that date important? That was the year, it was in October, that the To The Stars Academy thing was launched. So when you put the puzzle pieces together, this was going to be part of the disclosure initiative to start gripping things and putting puzzle, you know, 
oh, we got to do this thing. It's like Luis Elizondo saying, I quit the day before. No, you had it planned. You had it figured out just like this is planned to put this. Oh, they have this uh, patent here. By the way, I got the patent on screen. This is on the Google Patents site. Filed in 2016. So they can show this to the public and then, the, oh, yeah, by the way, we did. We did make that. So right in your face, disclosure. This stuff is coming down line. It was a big, big week last week. What are they going to announce in the future? It'll be crazy stuff. So uh, I think we're going to take a break. I know everybody wants to get to the three days of darkness stuff. We'll, we'll get to that after the break. I am going to open the phone lines up if you guys want to call in and share, add some stuff, because this is a very, very deep topic. I don't know if I'll get it all down the way. Uh, you know, I might miss a puzzle piece, but stay tuned after the break. You're listening to Talk is Cheap with Dan Hofeld on the K2D4 Network. Call us live at 1605-562-0444. Show ID 146-509. Phone lines are open. Big tech giants are censoring people's voices. Subscribe to our backup channels on BitChute and DTube. Go to k2d4network.com for all the links. Enjoying the show? Consider supporting us by donating to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash k2d4network. Have your voice heard today. Call into the show at 1-605-562-0444. Show ID 146509. Please hang up and try again. Questioning your reality, questioning everything. You're listening to Talk is Cheap with Dan Hofeld. Broadcasting into the far reaches of the Pleiades, it's Talk is Cheap. Welcome back to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, on this April 30th, 2019 edition. Crazy stuff, disclosures coming out, and where will we end up? Before the break, I was talking about Tom DeLonge to the Stars Academy, and I was listening to that coast-to-coast -coast thing, so I got I to gotta back up here because I wanted to show something. I do have a document cam shot here. Look at that. I'm going to use this for once. They always keep saying that, oh, this is such a complex issue. Tom DeLonge goes on and on and on. Like, they, he, he, oh, I don't know if I can say stuff. I don't know if I can do that. Let me just break it down how easy this is. It is complex, but it's not. It's very, very simple. Well, document cam shot, please. But we got some aliens. Let's just call these the grays. I'll do bubbles. I was going to draw stick figures here, but we'll, uh, we'll do bubbles on this. So we got the grays. And let's do some A's for the Andromedans. And let's do a P for the Pleiades. And uh, why not do a um, R for Reptilian? What the hell? We got these different groups. So this is very simple because they, they always say, oh, it's complex. Some are good, some are bad. It's not, so it, it's not a straight shot. It's not a straight dry and cut thing, but it is in a way if you could just simplify it. All you got to do is say 
there's gray aliens. Guess what? Some of those are good, some of them are bad. Good and bad. Yes, I have crappy handwriting, folks. Andromedans. You know, we could say that they're all good, but why would you do that? Just keep it simple. Same thing. All of these. So th what I'm getting at here, you look at the human race. There's good and bad ones. And it's like, well, what to degree? They all got different. Um, good and bad is not even an appropriate word. And you could say service to self or service to others. Maybe that's a better term. But what I'm just getting at is they're people. They got different agendas. Why, why is that so hard for us to get our head around? You know, maybe it was for me at the start too before, but it, it's really simple when you think about it. So we're going to move on to the big portion of the show. This is the three days of darkness and this gets into the solar sun stuff as well. Here, folks, I have to bring this article up now. This is on NASA. Milky Way's black hole showing signs of increased chatter. So we hear about this uh, solar sneeze thing that's supposed to happen. And the activity, well, now we got NASA kind of admitting it here. So three orbiting X-ray telescopes have detected an increased rate of X-ray flares from the uh, usually quiet giant black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy after a long-term monitoring Scientists are now trying to learn whether this is normal behavior that was unnoticed due to limited monitoring or these flares are triggered by the recent close passage of a mysterious dusty object. They're monitoring the activity for the last 15 years. The biggest thing here is uh, within the past year, there has been a tenfold increase of these x-rays. So it used to be like one every 10 days a bright flare would come out. Now it's every day. So you hear about the energy getting ramped up. Now here it is here. They try to poo-poo it a little bit with their G2 cloud that passed by. But I thought it was interesting to show that as we ramp up into these new energies and break through. So now, getting into three days of darkness. So I, I was emailed by a viewer. She's probably watching now. She said she doesn't have a Google account, so she doesn't chat, but much appreciated. She's a Patreon supporter, much appreciated. To look into three days of darkness. So she sent me a QHHT video as well as a lady that talks about the bibl bib biblical aspect. Why can't I say that? Biblical aspect of this as well. So to break this down in bullet points. So basically... This three days of darkness is supposed to happen between Easter and the summer solstice. We just had Easter a couple weeks ago. Summer solstice is June 21st. And what's supposed to happen is Nibiru is supposed to pass in front of the sun. And this will create the darkness on the planet. It's going to make a clearing, rewiring, changing the DNA. And I, I have a question mark here. Like maybe this is part of the event. And the religious woman talked about it as well. She also got into lock your doors, don't go outside, don't look outside. I will, I hate to say it, folks, I'm going to have to look outside. Uh-huh. Uh, block your windows. And basically got into the whole demons are going to be unleashed. Things are going to get crazy. There's going to be high-speed winds. But the temperature will remain at 55 degrees so people don't 
uh, freeze to death, if you will. So that's a quick, in a very small nutshell, of what I found of is supposed to happen. It does kind of sound like a doom and gloom thing. Now I want to get into this vision. This is on Extreme Reality Check, a very good YouTube channel. She had a, a vision of something like this. Well, the uh, the planet Nebiru. Let's just take a listen here. Size of it, what I saw in my vision, it was like this. It was it was unbelievable. You would think, oh, if we're going to see another planet in the sky, or we're going to see this thing coming, that it's going to look like the moon, or it's going to look like a second sun. But no, it was as if it popped out of another dimension. It popped, was remember that. instantly, quickly, this size on the horizon. And actually, in my vision, there was a second object, slightly smaller, that was looked sort of like our moon. It was cratered and that sort of thing. But it was also enormous. And it obviously didn't instantly kill us because in my vision, we were already gathered together as a family. And I kept going to the window to look out at it. It was just too much to take in. And I was telling my brother, I'm like, I tried to tell you about this 20 years ago and you wouldn't believe me. But look, it is here. And honestly. So now that's very interesting because a lot of people are having this vision. I had a similar vision. I showed this last week on the show. So I'm going to show it again because I wanted to break this down. I, this is what I well, seen. And for those listening on the podcast, what I've seen, okay, I was looking out my, well, I was actually on the uh, outside by my house. We got some land here in the distance, and you can see the sun. The sun was there, and there was a little bit of clouds behind it. And there was this big, big celestial object next to the sun, right the right of it, kind of just like what she had. Only she was saying hers was a moon and it looked like Jupiter. I'm assuming it was more of a Jupiter object. I seen what looked like two suns to me, but on the big one had the flower of life on it. And for the longest time, I didn't know what the hell. By the way, in that vision, I, I say it's a vision because because uh, it's more vivid it's so hard to explain until you go through it. Like a dream, it's like, it's kind of hazy. You you think that's what happened, but you didn't. This was very direct. It was there. Uh, my uncle was there, and I asked him, I said, is that planet, planet Nebiru? And he says, yes, that's planet Nebiru. So that's a direct answer in that vision. Well, I have and I think it's important to break this down, because now, remember, don't forget that she said that it looks like it popped into existence because that's important as we go through here. There's so many puzzle pieces to try to put all these together. So now to break this down, so what is kind of three days of darkness? What could it look like? I didn't even know that this happened, but this happened in Russia. There was three hours of darkness. This is, was in Siberia. I'm going to roll the footage and talk over it because obviously there's no uh, talking or anything. This was from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., their local time. And basically looks like, a, for those listening, mysterious fog, thick fog or sand, uh, smoke, if you will. And then it just covers, and it's going to get really, really dark. Some people were blaming this whole thing on wildfires that were happening hundreds of miles away. 
but for it to get this like dark and that's the other thing too i never heard the the media hush this up too i didn't see this in the feed this was last year by the way july 27th 2018 look at how dark that gets but when you think of the three days of darkness and how dark it could get that's a perfect example it's insane and then he shuts the door and closes it up but i guess that lasted for three hours so how do you take that so that's a perfect example of that so now we get into oh this gets deep folks get ready to if you're not sitting down sit down now because this is some holy cow as chad said in the chat this is crazy crazy stuff Where's Pete? Crazy, crazy stuff, right? So here's an example. Now, there is the technology to make a fake sun. I didn't even really know about this. I thought people were blowing smoke up my ass, whatever. But this clip here shows that NASA has something developed, and they launched it to create artificial light. Here we go. Alaska. The black dot in front of the sun is equipment that NASA launched hundreds, possibly thousands of miles from the Earth's surface. It casts a reflection upon the water, proving that it's not a camera or lighting issue, but it's an actual piece of equipment, and it's viewed from many different cameras. This black dot equipment is capable of producing an enormous glare, hundreds of miles in diameter, possibly thousands of miles. It always tracks in perfect synchronization with the sun. So essentially, the circular glare is always between Earth and the sun, but much closer to the Earth, of course. There is nothing special about this old video from Portage Glacier. By the way, this is, this is a very important part. This blew my mind. Alaska, a year ago. The sun is seen passing behind a post. The importance of these frames is that we are looking at the real sun. Notice how the sun passes behind a post, and the post cannot hide the sun because the real sun is too large to be hidden behind a small post. Pretty simple. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. You'll see in a moment why this is important. Here's an interesting sign in the sky viewed from the west-facing camera in Burwash in the Yukon Territory. We see what looks like the sun, but it's not. As it passes behind a thin post, it completely disappears from view. The reason this is happening is because the light source we are viewing is the glare produced by the black dot equipment that reflects upon the water surface. Where's the real sun? It is currently behind a dark nebula that we will be looking at in just a minute. This gets deep. So that's actually a fake sun, folks. It goes behind the post. Everything's blocked out because that the, the actual beam of light is not wide. It's small. And then they're using these mirrors to refract it out and make it look big, bigger than it actually is. Mind blowing. Okay. Now you say, how the hell do they actually have this stuff? It's like, interesting can you really prove it okay let's move on they got this mirror thing this now this is in a nasa one here and you can kind of see that it's a hexagonal structure 
But even so, you can say, well, whatever. By the way, here's another one in Germany with, um, they got all these, they look like heating lamps. Lots of them. Now, this particular one wasn't a one that was could go up in space or take off from the ground. They just had it on the surface there to do with their experiments. But here it is now, NASA. NASA simulates the sun's power on Earth to test hardware intended for space. In this facility to test the thermal balance before the instrument is on its way to Mercury. So, they're building this thing, testing it here. Publicly, this is public, so what aren't they doing that's public? By the way, I highlighted here, 144 segmented mirrors. Has anybody getting the number 144 popping up a lot for synchronistic numbers? That number is bombarding me lately, so I don't know what's going on with that, if it's part of the 144,000 or what the deal is. But anyway, they can beam tons of energy with it, and it looks like that. So, now this, this was on Mr. MBB333. This object was seen in South Dakota. It looks similar, maybe not exactly, but it is similar to what I just showed you. Here's a side-by-side -side comparison for those watching. Now you say, why isn't it bright? Well, maybe they just have it turned off and it's just sitting there. I don't think they have to use this all the time. And then you get into why are they using it? I think they're blocking out some bodies, something we're not supposed to see, and they're re-simulating the sun with this. And they maybe have multiple of them, and they can just turn them on, turn them off at will. That's... Okay, wow. Here's a uh, rendition of what they could have out there. Be very easy. This also puts the exclamation mark on the flat earthers ain't totally wrong because <laughs> it's, it's possible now. Wow. And of course, here's some patents. If you don't still don't believe it, here's some patents. This is a solar simulator. This was filed in 1963. So they're able to, they had the idea of creating radiant energy source. That was one there. Here's another one here. Illumination system, including a virtual light source. This was in 1961. So you put a few years on this stuff, folks. You take into account uh, the SSP, the uh, uh, Solar Warden project. They can build these big ships. By the way, they build them on Earth, fly them up. Why is this? This ain't beyond the scope of anything. You could build a, to be honest, this thing is probably like half the size of one of those big motherships we built for Solar Warden. And they could easily do this. But we keep on moving down the line here to break this down. Sun dogs. You see these flares like this. So now this is where it gets really like, because I've seen these before, not in person, but uh, the pictures, and I didn't really think anything of them. But now when you think about it from a whole new perspective, let me get myself in here. So what they're saying this is, so the dot, let me get the, uh, actually I got, I can draw right on the picture here. Go like this. Okay, so 
grab the pencil. Got the circular part right here. Well, that is basically what's being cloaked. And of course, you got this bright object here. You'd assume the sun, but let's just, for all intents and purposes, this they're saying this is the fake sun, the solar sun. Okay? And it really shows because when you get this reflection on the sides here and here, refraction, I guess, is probably the right word, you get that effect. So you got your... Your fake sun here, you got a cloak, you know, maybe you're trying to cover up a celestial body or whatever, and then you got the real sun behind it shining back, and that's creating that, you know, it's bouncing off that cloak or the ob celestial object, if you will, and making it that way. When I seen that, I was like, holy cow, and then there's, there's multiple ones of these, of course, too. Gotta quit out of this thing. Crazy stuff. And, you know, some people might, oh, it just does that when it's on the horizon. Here's one that's farther up. Proud Texas lady in the chat says, okay, my mind is blown. My, oh, when I thought of this, I was like, holy cow. Now we put all these puzzle pieces together, folks. Remember what I said to remember that she said it popped into existence. What if, what if, by the way, if you guys want to, I'm going to open the phone lines. If you want to call in and give some input on this, your mind's blown, please call in 1-605-562-0444, 1-605-562-0444, and then put in the call ID, 146-509-POUND, and I'll get you up on the air. Put the puzzle pieces together for all this. So she says it pops into existence. What if we get a solar sneeze, a solar flash that brings the electrical grid down? What if it takes down their cloaking apparatus what's going to happen is nebru is going to pop into existence boom holy cow that's what we're dealing with here oh yeah crazy i mean i had to sit down now here here's another clip i want to show to say how how could they do some of this stuff you can actually bend light around objects Here's a, for those listening, there's basically a sight glass and then there's a person putting their hand behind it. And as they stick their hand behind it, you can't see the hand. By bending light with these magnifying glass arrays, you can not only make the object invisible, like you can see here, they have their hand behind it and it's completely invisible, but they bend the light around and you'll be able to see what is happening behind the object that is being hidden. So look at this crazy you can actually cover something up here they just do the same thing with a spoon well for those listening on the podcast there's a, again a sight glass they got a spoon right in front of it you can't see the spoon because it's bending the light around the spoon they stick their hand behind it you can see the hand wow so not only does this technology exist but they've created ways of doing it in tiny, tiny forms and in massive, deployable into our atmosphere forms. This is reality. This isn't conspiracy. This It's not beyond them to do this on a bigger, grander scale. So, oh man, my mind just got blown again thinking about all this stuff. 
the fact that they could have that. The one thing that really struck me was about this whole thing was the the person spotting that in South Dakota. That was the big one for me because that really put the puzzle pieces together. The fact that these things are up there and it's definitely not beyond them to do that. So the fact that, holy cow, folks, they can simulate the sun, they can do all this, they can make it look like... So this, this is now my mind kept thinking more and more and more about all this, like, what's another step? Like, maybe, maybe we have been... And actually, in that, in that uh, video, she went into it more. There have been times in... I think it was in like over in Germany or something like that where it was dark and it should have been light. So I think they have these up there now like they could actually prevent a three days of darkness from us seeing it. Maybe we already had a few dark days and we don't know because I can just turn these on. Crazy. But like I said, you hit that solar sneeze, solar flash, Technology grid goes down that they can't run these things. Boom, pops into existence. Everybody would freak out. That's hard to hard to uh fake that one. So I guess when you're out in the outside, take a look at the sun, try to hide it behind a light pole or something, see if it disappears. You know, how big can it be? I suppose we are kind of moving through space, but it was pretty big in that other... They were up in Alaska, I think, so it might be a little bit bigger for them. And I'm sure somebody's going to say, well, this is scientifically proven and we can make stuff up and get around that. Oh, yeah. But that is insane, folks. I was hoping somebody would have called in the chat about this because I'm sure blown about it and I would love to have more. I don't... I think I got through what I mostly thought this all entailed. The fact that you get into um, events happening, we always said May, solar flash, put dates on things, and they don't happen. People get turned off. I've been turned off. That's actually why I haven't talked about the event much lately, because it doesn't happen. Why would you talk about? keep on talking about it? Julie N. in the chat says the mind is bent like a pretzel the late dolores cannon that that does it yes all in the matrix so it really thinks what do you really know in this world folks we don't know jack squat so no one's gonna call in i guess i'll wrap up early i was hoping to leave i left time for people to call in we could uh, discuss it. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. So, all right, folks, I guess we'll uh, close out. I would have used the rest of the time up, but um, I wanted people to call in. So, think about that. Uh, like I said, next week we will have. Oh, by the way, I want to step back here real quick before I close out. Um, they say not to look at the sun. Don't look directly into the sun. It'll screw up your eyes. Maybe because it's such a high-powered unit they built. By the way, there has been... I'm going to see if I can Google that real quick. There's been photos of um, traffic lights 
melted because it's such a high-powered thing. Uh, this one here. Think about that. If it's just a fake sun and it's um, all this power and it's being like a kind of a magnifying glass, if you will. Melt it. Don't look at the sun. Another thing they might not want you to look up there because you realize it's fake. But yeah, if you're shining all that power, you wouldn't want all that going into your eyes, especially if it's a, a fake thing like they got there. Crazy stuff to think about. All right, folks, I'll wrap up the show here then. As always, thank you for joining me. Remember, next week, we got M and Miss M coming on. They're going to talk about more. They got some more information. Um, dig into them deeper. If you do have a question, don't be afraid to email it to me, k2d4network at gmail.com. And I can ask them for you. Or if you're feeling really brave, call the voicemail. 1-256-510-5234. 1-256-510-5234. That's 1-256-510-K2D4. Leave a one-minute message or whatever. I can play it to them. And you can ask them directly yourself and uh, get some clarification on something if you have it. Like I said, that's all scheduled for next week, the 7th. And we'll go from there. So with all that, thank you guys for joining me. We had, oh, wow, 72 today. That's awesome. Much appreciated, guys. With that being said, Dan Hofeld signing out. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Visit k2d4network.com today.